Yo, 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 whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Today's episode is sure to be one that's very controversial. However, before we dive into that, let's jump into the quickie. Let me ask you a question. What's the average time you spend on your cell phone? Do you know that? Do you know how long you spend on your cell phone per day? Well, according to a survey conducted in 2021, nearly half of the respondents stated that on an average, they spent five to six hours on their phones daily. That's wild. Think about it. We spend six to eight hours sleeping in comparison. That is almost a half day of unproductivity on your smartphone. And that's just here in America. Not sure what other countries and those statistics are there. Let's dive into this more, which is also insane. Some smartphones allow you and users to monitor their activity. And I had an alert pop up on my phone, I believe it was a week and a half ago. And it told me, and this is prompted this, this quickie, that I spent three hours on my phone less than I did the week prior. I was like, shit, I had no clue that I even was on my phone, whatever the damn statistic was. But I just started thinking about it. So I did some research and I really wanted to ask you guys again, what is the average time you spend on your cell phone? Because, hey, these respondents said five to six hours. I guarantee you that's an understatement. I personally think the number is like six to eight hours per day on your cell phone. I'm not judging, but that's a long damn time to be scrolling with your left index or right index finger. So this is Paul Prince, the <laughs> resident best friend. Resident. I, I just had to kick the door in. Y'all heard the boom. Yeah, that, pa um, that paper door. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that um, the study may be correct as is. Maybe. Um, I think the question behind the question, which is the book, read it. Um, is what people are actually doing on their phone. I know for me, as well as X3C, we are, well, he's a little bit more techy than me, uh, than I, but um, I know I use my phone for so much stuff. So yes, so I, I may agree that uh, the time spent on phones may be a little bit longer than what the study or people may admit. But I think the question is, what are you doing on your phone? And I, I think that that what makes the difference. Um, I know um, that I think a similar study, if not that same study, talked about what people actually do first thing when they wake up. Yes, I've and seen so, one like that. Before. You know, it could be news, it could be positive affirmations, it could be dark Twitter. All right, not could... for six hours in the morning. I hope <laughs> at least for at least the first hour to get yourself up. Hell, I do not touch my in. phone in the morning. Nope, nope. <laughs> But no, but no, it's all about the what. Um, so I think the good thing about this study is that it causes one to think about what am I actually doing in this spare time and what else could I be doing with this time? And I will also challenge every listener right now, just for five days, five next days, starting today. If your smartphone does not provide the time, just do a guesstimation. Yes, that's a new word of how long you've been on that phone for the, for the next five days. And then do an average divided by five, the number of hours divided by five, and determine your average number of hours and see if it's in line with this study. 
Yeah, this is interesting. This seems like seems like some Elon Musk mass <laughs> <laughs> hater over there. All right, guys. So that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thanks for entertaining me on that. Today's episode, back to the office. Nah. That ain't happening. <laughs> so today we want to talk about just that topic, right? Exploring the corporate environment, the private sector environment, even dive into like back to school environment or back to wherever, you know, you, your, uh, your, your activities that you normally would do in person that we somewhat got accustomed to in the past two years of doing virtually. And so we want to really dive and explore the future of the work, if you will, and with the great resignation that's been happening all throughout the world if you will you know it's really important that you know we take this opportunity to get it right not just do what we've always done but to get it right so let's explore that so i think um what's important about the future workspace can be and make and we can make provisions um and come up with some real solutions and real ideas right so there are benefits and, of course, challenges with returning to the office and our hybrid work environment, right? And so we did some research. We also just want to just chat about it, right? So before we dive too deep into some of the uh, articles we looked into, I'll ask our guests, which I didn't get a chance to introduce them earlier. <laughs> I'll get to do our guest for today is mr paul prince extraordinaire no hey guys uh this is paul prince uh resident of maryland Mer maryland um i am a consultant for one of the big four firms here in dc career government employee now turned consultant uh communications now turn only fans expert only fans <laughs> expert um but no this is a great conversation um you know, working in the government sector for quite a few years now, more than 11 to 12 years, and then now um, doing consulting again, it's very interesting to now be talking about working from home. I think for years, um, we've talked about, you know, being in a space where we can work from home. And unfortunately, for the last two to three years, we've been made to work from home. Um, so, of course, what does it look like for individuals? How has it been for individuals? How beneficial has it been? And I think that um, there might be a glowing response on either on both sides, plus and minuses. But as we begin to, um, as some would say, the world is opening back up or the world is um, so starting to realize a new normal, we wonder, like, what should firms and agencies do to accommodate employees or just to um, continue work? Like, how, what does that look like? So I'm excited about this conversation today. Um, I currently work from home. I've been working from home for the last three, almost three years. This is my second job <laughs> working from home. Uh, first one is federal for almost two years or for two years, technically. And then uh, now consulting uh, with a client. I live in Maryland, client is in Delaware. Um, and it's been amazing. I love it. 
But I, like I said, there are pluses and minuses on both sides from working from home. And I am excited to have this conversation with X3C and see what your comments will be. Please interact with us online. We will post yes. this on Instagram, yes. on LinkedIn and Facebook. Absolutely. We want to see your comments, you know, your criticisms or your critiques. Not even about the part, well, not only about the podcast, but about the topic itself. Keep the conversation going. Absolutely. So we did some research, HR ex Executive, which is a pretty uh, prominent publication that really talked about why employees are struggling with return to the office plans. And personally, I think it's the word new normal. <laughs> I hear it thrown out a lot and it's the post pandemic new normal. And I often figure, I often, it gets me frustrated because if we were really looking for a new normal, we'd be looking for a innovative way of moving forward. But I don't, I don't get the sense from the conversations I have with, with friends and their current um, employer, with their current employers, as well as with my own. I feel the new normal is almost like a buzzword that's just thrown out there, but it's really, let's get back to what it was. It's almost like, have you ever been on an airplane and you are on the tarmac and you're ready to take off and all you keep hearing from the uh, flight attendant or the captain is like we'll be taking off momentarily and then 10 minutes later we are still waiting for the ground crew to do something but we'll be taking off momentarily <laughs> but we're still on this ground but we're still on the ground get this plane in the air <laughs> like right now what's taking so long yeah definitely buzzwords um i i in in Honestly, I would say rightfully so. I mean, when you think about there's no one way to reach each and every individual person. I, I think there may be some way. But when you think from a leadership perspective of an organization or a company or firm, like you have to think about the masses instead of the individual for the most part. That's correct. But there are certain ways um, that tiers of leadership can uh can attack that but no i agree you know being you know a person um on one of the bottom tiers and listen to someone say hey you know we're turning back to work it's gonna be amazing whatever like um it was amazing for the past two and a half years it's been amazing for the two <laughs> back to, yeah absolutely right. and so what I, ch I i struggle with also is looking at some of these statistics that we found you know this is this is really prevalent and i believe that you know, with this, this study I found here is like 4% of the employee survey believe most of the employees who can work remotely would like to return to the office. Now, here's the deal. 75% believe most prefer a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. But we, they, they, you know, most of these organizations are not surveying their staff. These are assumptions that leadership is making um, yeah 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 right and so the, yet there are 28 percent of those employers plan to have most employees return full-time in person with 55 percent planning to offer hybrid model it's almost like everything we did for the past two and a half years does not matter the new normal is bring your ass back, back into the work. office so i wonder the people or individuals who took the survey or completed the survey and said i rather go back into the office what is the reason so case in point i was reading um the the howard um business journal is that the right one is it it fell on the floor oh <laughs> sorry about the little rubbing on the microphone there. i know i'm so sorry guys so i was reading the the harvard business review 
And there were a few articles about people returning back to work. And um, and then also just listening to people at the firm, you know, like, oh, my God, for the last two years, I've missed the in-office um, bumping into people and at the water cooler or down the halls or just maybe to walk into someone's office. You know, it's just not the same. And so the first thing that comes to mind to me is so nasty, <laughs> so rude. Uh, and the reason why I say that is like when you think about the office atmosphere, of course, I work in the federal atmosphere and or at one time. And when you think about um, water cooler talk, if you're talking about work, there might be some sensitivities or clearance issues for you talking about the type of work you're talking about at the water cooler. So that's one. Um, and I think that, you know, for some people, it's easy for you to develop relate or it's easy. It, it may be easier for you to develop relationships in person, but it is the right way for you to develop relationships. So let's explore that. So when we had quarantine and first went back to work, most of the common rules to, of interaction when you went back into the office was that you had to one wear a mask, obviously. But before going into someone's office or setting up a meeting, you had to one send an email or make a phone call or send an IM and say, hey, I would like to meet with you. Here's the topic. Here's another time. Boom, boom, boom. How efficient is that? It's freaking efficient. But just imagine in the old times, what we call in the old times for the last two years, mm -hmm. when you would just pop up in someone's office like, hey, Warren, you know, can I have a moment with you? Um, I would like to talk about X, Y, and Z. Mind you, I was in deep thought writing and now I'm being disturbed because you just popped up and knocked on the door and obviously I can't just ignore you. So you turn around and you, you present yourself. So double-edged sword. You, if you're the manager and your employee or colleague is walking in, it's unfair to you because you've not had a chance to assess the topic, uh, get your talking points together or resources that you can provide to the person to provide to them. The other edge of the sword is that you've disadvantaged yourself because you've not allowed the person you're seeking guidance or information from to do their homework, to have the frame of mind to, to sit down and focus on you. Um, so how efficient or how beneficial that is to you. So I, I, I challenge a lot of people's thinking when it comes to the reasons why we turn back to office. Another case in point is that some people say that um, networking is hard um, not being in the office. But is it really is it really right? hard? Um, one thing that we do at my current firm is that, you know, if you meet someone in a meeting or on a call or something, they may say or do something that intrigues you. One, send them an email, hey, introducing yourself. Um, two, asking them, hey, you know, this thing you said or your career or LinkedIn profile got my attention. I would love to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. Can we set up an initial call for, excuse me, for five or 10 minutes so that we can talk about X, Y, and Z? What that does is help you to develop more of a, um, a meaningful relationship vice just bumping into somebody and they feel obligated to talk yeah. to you one they feel obligated to to be nice or to be engaging because we were for the same company we don't want to seem off-putting you still want to be professional um so I, I think there are so many different benefits of working in virtual that teaches individuals or professionals how to be more professional or efficient when trying to network and communicate with people and i think we've become so accustomed to taking advantage of being allowed to interrupt people and invade space 
and um, just corrode just someone's um, work time. Um, I think when I first, one example again, uh, when I started working in consulting, it was you know, never a, a dull moment because even through lunchtime, people were like taking time on your calendar. Like no one was, they saw you at the desk. So it's like, okay, if he's he or she is at their desk, they are available. And that's not always the case. Mentally, most times they're not available. Physically, they may not be available. And so I think one thing that I personally learned in the virtual workspace is being more cognizant of one, am I giving this individual enough time to prepare to engage with me? And then two, am I doing myself a disjustice or injustice by engaging this person in this moment without preparing or setting the stage to do so? Makes sense. Before we dive into the next segment, I would like to offer two more articles that I've read. One being SHRM, which is Society of Human Resource Management, and the other from uh, Inc.com, which quote, I have a really good quote here from the Google CEO. And so many employers have found telework during COVID to be successful for the organization, said the Society of Human Resources. CEOs globally are wrestling with the best next step for their employers, but most agree a decision must be made soon. For, ex for most employers, it is time to return to work or make a decision about making remote work a more permanent part of the organization. And the unfortunate part about this is we've already seen the benefits in most situations where working remotely, you know, is beneficial. Now, there are some professions that just not that does not allow for working at home. There's also some type of work that you you cannot do or perform at home. And I get that. So this is not an all inclusive topic and or conversation, but it's, it's in general, most of those who are, you know, considering going back into the office are those that have the opportunity, the flexibility to do so and have the technology to support work functions. And we really will dive into some of that productivity stuff a little bit later. I have this uh, comment here from the Google CEO, which just shared that the best plan yet for returning back to the office in one sentence, returning to the office to be the most purposeful is what, how you ask your team members to spend their time. So when you think about it, it's more about, I guess, the, the dynamic between the team. It's not a policy that's written. That's just like a overarching policy that everyone must follow the mandate. This is more at the development at the relational level where how is it best for the team? And then you go from there. Right. And I, I like that kind of concept. You just break it down and you decentralize it. Um, I really like that a lot. So one thing I will jump in and say here in the Beltway, it's going to be very interesting. Very. Um, obviously, this is that. one of the major hubs, if not the the hub for federal and government jobs. Obviously, there are a lot of firms who service commercial and uh, and federal agencies here. Um, but one of the the major comments from leadership is, "Hey, we've had contracts for this space for the next five to ten years. Like, how do we?" try to accommodate employees and still be good stewards of our contractual dollars because we spend X amount of millions of dollars or billions of dollars on this space for the next X amount of years. And so, you know, some will say, you know, hoteling, hoteling is a thing. Hoteling is absolutely a thing. 
where, you know, the agency themselves can be strategic and uh, I wouldn't say responsive, but um, I guess strategic is the best word, but they can just be forward thinking and thinking about how can we slice this um, office space up to where individuals can say, you know what, Um, I need to be in the office today. Um, I know with my firm, we have different systems that if we have to be in our office or in our building, our hub office, we go into the system, we type in, hey, this day, whatever, whatever, choose an office, choose a space. So that's very organized. And get in. <laughs> but not all agencies are like that. Right. And, and so it hurts um, employees, I would say. And honestly, you know what? I'm going to stop right here and stop saying just the employees. I think managers have suffered too during the quarantine. Fight me. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I say that is that when you think about a lot of agencies and firms who have had leadership that um, they still had to do um, HR actions. They still had to do leadership meetings and conventions and collaborations, strategic um, uh, meetings and, and conventions and stuff. They, they've had a lot of stress on them as well. So I, I would challenge each and individual listener to think that returning to work is not only challenging to employees, but it's also challenging to the managers, especially those managers who are forward thinking, who have become a little bit more comfortable, whether they were at first or not with working from home. It's hard for them right. to appease or listen to their agency affirm policy of like, okay, we now have to come back to work and we've been making this thing work for the last two and a half years. And think about, um, you talked about uh, forward thinking. I will also offer innovative and that new yeah. that, that new normal, right? So when you talked about- Alleged you know, new normal. Right, your, your, your organization that has a system. That is, so you're setting up parameters and you're setting up tools to allow your your employees to have flexibility and to see where they can sit. I mean, just providing them with opportunities. So you talked about earlier, you know, we have already paid for these for the property, right? And so another for leaning perspective that some organizations can look into, and I offer this as an example um, to those organizations, what about subleasing their property? Now that folks are not there, we we are already allocated money for rent in this particular building, or we have a signed lease agreement. That's fine. We're not going to break that lease agreement, or we don't want to lose this space because it is space that we've identified over time that's very variable for our organization. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Let's sublease the third floor, the fifth floor, whatever floor that you can after you collate everyone in, into a different location, and now you're making some of that revenue back. So I will offer folks, if you're thinking about it, try to think of all the parameters and don't just think of the new normal is back to the office. So one thing I will tell you after reading one of the articles in the Harvard Business Review um, from, um, I think this was 2020, actually, and it says the people who suffer in the virtual workplace are the less creative and the poor people skilled people. And I really feel that is so true. Because when you think about like some of the solutions that people are leaders, we probably should say that again for those who just may want not listening at that moment. So uh, this is, a, as we say in the military, <laughs> a foot stomp moment. The people who are suffering the most, allegedly, in the virtual workspace are the less creative and the poor people skilled individuals. And what I mean by that is like, you know, when, when you 
are creative and resourceful, like you find ways to make things work. Like there are ways to network. There are ways to be more just as collaborative as you were in person. There's so much technology. There's so many, uh, well, technology is the right word because there's um, Teams, there's Zoom, there's these whiteboards, there's um, all these, um, I forget what you call them, um, just just so much technology you can use to be collaborative and inclusive to people. And it's it's weird to hear people think like, oh my God, I feel like we're not as collaborative or we're not as close. Um, another thing I would offer too about the poor people skill part of this is that one thing about in-person in communication, there's so many distractions. You know, what does this person have on? What is this person um, ethnicity? Wait, you know, let me ahead. let's dive in that because I, 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 I'm happy you brought it up. I was going to say it a little bit later, but lost productivity. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes I hear the discussion. This is not just my organization, but I've heard from many different friends in their in their companies. Uh, their, their leadership would tell them that we, you know, there's this 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 theme that we're missing that personal interpersonal skill right mm -hmm. so i do want to answer that in a second however lost productivity let's think this through mm -hmm. there are times where you're in a massive facility where you have to navigate between different checkpoints right security checkpoints are all the different type of checkpoints right that takes time you have to navigate in and out of your suite your own office sometimes that takes time some locations you can't just go into a meeting room because it's, it's it's closed off and you have to have access so you have to require you have to request access in advance these hallway conversations these bathroom breaks these running downstairs to get food if there's food in that building in the cafeteria or some type of eating uh, situation that's available to you guys all of these type of distractions there are folks who ask you questions after a meeting has ended let right? us not forget these two and three coffee breaks and smoke breaks throughout the day throughout the day or <laughs> your neighbor next door asks you a question you're talking when you first walk into the office what do you do you don't pop on your computer and start checking your emails you're having a conversation with a colleague about mm -hmm. something that happened the day before or something personal that happened at home or and or over the weekend when i think about it in my logical thinking it is a lot of lost productivity mm -hmm. throughout the day. So I will ask each and every one of you, think of your work day in the office and think about how all of the distractions that come about that. But also ask yourself this question. When you first started teleworking from home or remote working from home or wherever you was remote working from, it probably was in the beginning a lot of distractions and you were a little bit different. I can say for myself, before the pandemic, teleworking for me was a, a way for me to to decompress almost i was able to work a lot slower and at a slower pace but during the pandemic i believe it's not double but it's a, a significant percent more productivity i have had working from home i literally wake up i literally crawl up the stairs and i'm telling you guys i crawl up the stairs because uh -huh. i roll out the bed and I don't do anything. I may use the bathroom, but I roll and crawl up the stairs and I log on and I'm already on my email checking. I'm slow with it, but I'm checking my emails, right? So for me, I'm not on my cell phone. I'm not downstairs watching TV. I do not hit snooze. I do not hit snooze. And the reason why <laughs> I give a shout out to my homie who told me this, this is one of his, his ideas. Um, but he actually said he sets his time for the latest possible moment mm -hmm. that he have to wake up at that moment cannot hit snooze and just go 
And I, I was like, that's crazy. I could never do that. And I started doing it and I love it. And there are apps, people. There are apps where you have to complete three mathematical equations before you can open your phone. Or you have to, <laughs> you know, that's read true. something or a certain amount of time before you can like stop your phone. So there are there are certain things, but I will say something that X3C or I'll give I'll offer some information that I think leans to what X3C is saying is that one way that we can uh, dismiss or cast out um, outdated mindsets is be more emotionally self-aware, have more self-control, and have more organizational awareness. If you listen to what he said, if you are self-aware about what your, your, your capabilities and limitations are, you can build in activities and mitigations to create self-control so you are doing and participating in the time that you need to and you can organize better organize yourself so you have more organizational awareness i think you hit on something there when you said have better organization awareness <laughs> you know it takes a organized individual to compartmentalize or or to or to take yourself from a a traditional way of doing something for a long period of time and dump yourself into a brand new environment in a new way it takes a individual who has organizational skills in order to do that so i'm with you on that one and organizational skills are relative they are very relative it doesn't mean that you have to be dressed right dress it doesn't mean that you always have that you can uh delineate or be organized in confusion it's what works for you that is correct so i would say this flip this around Let's think of the benefits of returning to the office. So I am one who in favor for most of the time working from home. There are several weeks throughout the year, not that many. Well, I've actually went into the office one day and just because I wanted to, right? Um, I do enjoy doing things a tad bit different just to break up the normal for me at home which again is dragging myself out that bed. Ooh, I want to challenge that the normal for me at home. So I will say, and one of my other good friends and I talk about this all the time, the reasons why people think that going back to the office is a good thing. And again, I think it goes back to that self-awareness. Why do you feel going back to the office is a good thing? And when you think about like people's home life, I think going into the office, maybe commuting to the office or just working in the office gives them a sense of like, ooh, I am away from home. I'm away from my kids or my spouse, my partner. Um, and I'm like, eh. I didn't say that, guys. He did. <laughs> and I feel like that's a personal problem. You know, and the reason why I said that is because I've always been like the single guy, no kids in the office. And they feel like, oh, you know, Paul can cover because Paul doesn't have, you know, a family or a spouse or kids. Like, that has nothing to do with the job. Let me job. tell you something. Before the <laughs> pandemic, I felt that way. Yeah, In absolutely. my organization, folks will always say, not they would use me to, to cover down on things, but it was more of everyone had the wife and kids things to do. Right. And different days where they were required to do different things. And, oh, because Warren, you don't have any kids, then sure, you can go in. No, I'm no. single because I want to, not single, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any kids. Oh, he's about to get Molly <laughs> I don't have any kids because I don't want any kids. I don't want a damn pets either because that's a personal choice. So guess what? 
you had them damn kids that's a personal choice now this is not attacked on anyone i'm just articulating mm-hmm. choices in life don't because i am the one in the office without the kids doesn't mean i am now the stucky with right. items that someone need to go take care of but i think you bring up a good point i think as you know individuals begin to have conversations with leadership and uh their agencies and firms and companies about going back to the office you know what kind of case can you present to your organization and your supervisor of why what kind of cases can you present to your organizations of why and how this should work? And and honestly speaking, um, just from one human to another human, just because you have a partner, a kid, a pet, and I have a pet who is my child, um, and or you certain who doesn't know how to stand <laughs> on his own four feet, or you have the, this newfound normal that has happened, like you have to really. Think about how, well, sell the benefits of you, you know, working from home. It's not about your new life that you developed over the last two or three years that is going to now be impede on. Because again, the flip side to all of this, and this is just really open questions, open conversation that are up for, for conversation and up for challenge. But at the end of the day, as we talked about in several in the jungle series and i encourage you to go and back and listen to jungle series about not only not only i encourage you guys to to listen to the jungle series i have a friend who actually texted me three days ago Mm -hmm. and asked me questions about interviewing techniques and things like that and obviously that's way too much to tech uh to type so i uh, offered the friend well actually i did not offer the friend um to google something right and after doing so the friend said, oh, I forgot about your podcast and went and listened to the Jungle Series 1, 2, and 3 and got great interviewing corporate office techniques and skills. So again, guys, if you have the opportunity to check out episodes 13, 14, and 15, the Jungle Series Part 1, 2, and 3, please do so. And one thing about the one thing that I meant to say about the Jungle Series is that we, we told people when you're looking for jobs and you're applying for that ideal culture, that ideal experience that you want to have in your business life, you have to do the research and know the policies of these companies, the cultures of these companies. So we can argue and discuss and have great conversation all day long about what we would like our desired um, next, I don't know, three to five years of our career at our current jobs or other jobs to be. At the end of the day, agencies, firms, companies have policies, they have leadership who make decisions and we have to live with them. That's absolutely right. Um, So I think uh, in many of the articles about the great resignation, you know, people, individuals, careerists have had to have conversations with themselves and their families about what's next, like what's important to us and what's important to you. Like, you know, is it the fact that I'm working for a certain company for the clout? Is it the amount of money you're making? Is it, you know, maintaining a certain lifestyle? Is it the work-life balance, which again is another buzzword because I've read a couple of articles like is work-life balance an actual thing? Is it something that you can compartmentalize and say it's subjective? Hey, it depends, right? Do you, it's very you, brought up, you brought up something about folks with kids and stuff like that. It, it it may not be a balance if you have a chaotic home environment. Exactly. And so, but you really have to think about like what are your your parameters or or what are your what are the possibilities? What's the potential there? Because again, as as great of an argument as you can have, if that policy, that leadership decides 
X, Y, and Z, you can only receive X, Y, and Z. That's and correct. that's it. So uh, if, if they, if they're not really leaning to what you want, you might want to uh, brush up their resume and listen to uh, episodes 13, 14, and 15 <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and get ready to resign and go somewhere else. And you'll be another statistic in the great resignation. I want to jump right back into returning to the office, you know, because I want to look at the other perspective. There are individuals who I know that in the early onset of the pandemic became depressed at working at home. Because what was taken from them was that social aspect, that interaction with the humans and many individuals I'm, I, that I was aware of and things that I've read and seen online, they didn't, as you mentioned earlier, didn't necessarily have the skill set to adapt and find new ways to adapt because for them, what was taken away that prevalent, that social, that, that psychosocial aspect of, of, of being in an office of being around people was taken away from them and they became depressed and i think this is something that really happened to a lot of people and so we really you know for those individuals who want to be back in an office you know i think that's this is this is this is the opportunity for that hybrid environment you can go back into the office 100 of the time but i think it's very important that as leaders, and I'm talking to the leaders here, those who are setting policies or those who have have some type of voice in, in shaping those policies, explore innovative, creative ways to be thoughtful of a teaming environment. Think of it that way, and hopefully your policy could be shaped in that regard. I will also offer that don't be too rigid because it always was, or because it's not broken. Well, you know, I also want to offer to those individuals who really want the human interaction, there are many tools that you can use right now that can offer you the same type of interaction. Say, just turn on your video camera. How about that? <laughs> I challenge my team all the time, turn on your video camera. In fact, in my organization, it's almost mandatory to have your video on. And I'm absolutely for that because I do enjoy the human interaction. So I can see each individual what they're wearing that day. Sometimes we put on crazy hats. I don't know for Halloween, we dressed up for different holidays and for Mardi Gras. I went, I think I had four meetings that day, all on video and I had on Mardi Gras beads and different things like that. You can still be involved without necessarily being in the place with the individual, right? And then something else I will also offer, and I know I wanna get into like some, some other, some successful re-entries, in a second but i do want to offer because you know paul brought up returning when i say returning to the office for some well you could also return to your starbucks down the street mm -hmm. or you can go to your community center if you have that in your in your in your living uh, in your neighborhood or you can actually team up with a buddy and go to your best friend's house and telework at your best friend's house you guys can have lunch together right there are different different nuances that you can do hell go to your family right and stay with your family for a week and work, you know, there, you know, so there's a lot of different things. You also want to recharge, go, go vacation and work from there, right? Take two or three weeks somewhere. I remember I went to Miami for, I think three weeks and I definitely worked down there while I was there. Right. But it's again, I was getting the job done. And lastly, I will say this. So Paul, you mentioned that you were promoted. Renee was also promoted. The day the pandemic started, started a new job. Mm -hmm. never met any of his coworkers doing an outstanding job at his job. 
right? You do an outstanding job at your job. You got a new job. Hell, I was promoted during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So the performance is there, right? It's just how we take and we accept and we move forward. We have to be willing to accept that the air quote new normal is a way to be innovative. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah. And I would say, so you spoke earlier about, um, you're speaking to the leaders. I think in, in every respect, we are, we all are leaders. Um, there's a book called managing up. Like it's not just managing to your person who's see who's a senior to you or who rates you, but we, we manage laterally to our colleagues. We manage below us to our employees. And we also manage up to our leadership. Like, so it's not just, um, you know, the responsibility of the, the senior leadership to come up with these solutions. Be aggressive, be a leader in your own right and come up with solutions. I, I feel so often in the workplace, we always rely on others who have position to do things, but you have a, you have a voice and you can voice an opinion. We talked about depression. Depression is real. Uh, I think this time right here to say, um, we mentioned earlier about self-awareness is important. And I think when we were not allowed to work in the office, we might have not realized that we were reliant on that that interaction or that commute or just the fact that this routine I had was something I relied on for human uh, interaction or a, a breakup of my day or a breakup of my personal life. And that self-awareness helps one to say, you know what? my life is about to change or my life is changing. I need to set up a new routine to make sure that I'm sustaining some other stuff. And then the last thing about the on-camera um, uh, comment, I think that is very important as, as leaders that you know you wanna be present, you wanna be visual. Um, but I also challenge each and individual person. Um, again, like I think being a communications professional career-wise, there are so many distractions when it comes to like seeing people and we've always been in these conversations where like someone makes a comment controversy is not always negative but someone says something we want to like oh i want to chime in i want to say something but i feel like in the virtual world a lot of times you can't see that person you can't see that um how passionate whatever they are it's a facial uh, reaction or, or body reaction. language you have to listen it forces you to listen to make sure that before I respond, not on your cell phone, I am hearing this person at their word, what they're actually saying, and even asking questions, being curious, asking questions. Hey, so did I hear you say X, Y, and Z? And did you mean X, Y, and Z? So when you respond, you're not responding to be combative. You're, res you're responding to be meaningful and collaborative in that space. So I would challenge, you know, the, um, the in the virtual world, you know, be creative. Um, be resourceful in engaging and networking with your colleagues. So I, I mentioned earlier about lost productivity. I did want to mention, so I want to go cycle back to that real, real quick here. Um, when I think about in a meeting environment, in a actual meeting room, and the conversation, maybe conversations, I mean, some data that, that's needed or some information that, that a leader may ask in that meeting. Oftentimes, what's the answer? I'll get back to you mm -hmm. or I'll take that down for follow-up or there's always a after action, if you will. Right. Put it in the parking lot. Put it in the parking lot. Right. Well, when you're at home and you have multiple screens, if you do have that setup, 
someone, some analyst in that room can answer that question at that time. At time. I'm not, uh, so there's no lost productivity. We don't have to have a second or subsequent meeting in order to get that information or send it through an email. We can talk about it right here in real time, mm -hmm. share screens, share information with people, go into breakout rooms, if you will. There's so much out there, right? So I would say, um, just be innovative and creative when thinking about policies and returning to office. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I echo that all of that and say, just be open. I mean, there's so many different possibilities and benefits. I know that there are also some restrictions and um, some red tape that you have to go through. Um, so I think anyone listening would probably offer that a hybrid type of work environment would be best. Um, but I would challenge each individual careerist that one, if the, the culture and the company is one that you want to be in, make it work. Because um, it, it's hard to come by a company or agency that you really enjoy working for, the work you really feel fulfilled, and you're doing what you want to do. But if it's not, again, you're not tied to that, you know, that job. Um, I know that we all have different personal financial, uh, budgetary, and family commitments. But if you can make that leap, you know, take that take that leap and go somewhere else. Do your homework and find a culture or workspace that works for you. I think one thing that we've read um, generally in all the articles when it comes to the great resignation and everything that's happened since COVID, people are thinking more about like what works best for me and my family and my situation. It may not be the traditional my mom and my dad and my grandmothers, the baby boomers. Um, work life where it's like you got a good job so you have to stay with that job for the rest of your life and retire <laughs> right. from that job get your pension no I'm not happy and you know you know Warren and I are uh, XRC and I talk about it all the time I'm 40 I just made 40 40A and he's over 40 over whoa 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 calm down there <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know, we have, there are individuals younger than us right out of high school, not high school, out of college. And also high school, depending on how smart they are. They're making money. They're making bank. And they're in, um, they're entering workspaces and cultures that work for them. So I challenge you, do your, your introspectral homework on what will work best for you. What does it look like? Not just the money, not just the type of people, and not just the type of office space, but everything. What type of career will work best for me there's also a good um episode i would like to send you back to the one with vanessa yes um she you know worked episode number 17 called multi-level marketing or pyramid schemes yes because she worked in a traditional uh career for career field at first and then now she's a social media maven and in sales and doing amazing and i ain't gonna lie i one time i asked myself like is this a pyramid scheme or not <laughs> oh no or no but she is doing amazing but absolutely you know what she did yes. she woke up one day and she said is this working for me she took the leap she jumped off the cliff and she said, I'm going to make this work. She put in the work and she's making it work and she's being amazing. So that's all I have to say. Go back through some of these episodes, listen, use what works for you. But there's a lot of good nuggets um, that you can take and apply to your life and be successful. Many prayers and thoughts going your way. But I have a feeling if you want it to happen, you can make it happen. Yeah. So X3C would like to offer you guys four P's for successful reentry. These are mine, by the way. So don't steal them. Uh, prioritize what is important, plan for hybrid workspace, provide flexible options, and ready for this one? 
have remote type social happy hours. We all learn using Zoom, Zoom that you can still get together remotely. I think we need to adapt more such type things like this, such as lunch socials with colleagues. Also, you can celebrate birthdays with your colleagues. We, let's utilize the tools that we have available to us. Um, too often we are unwilling or incapable of being creative. Think outside the box. Okay, guys, great chat this week. I appreciate you, Paul, coming down to provide some good insight uh, on this topic. I know it's a, a hot topic right now, and it may be a hot topic for quite some time now, as we still wrestle with the re-entry or not uh, into, the, uh, into the workplace. So to support this channel, consider downloading the Podbean app. The link is found in the description of this episode. And consider purchasing what is called Golden Beans to donate those Golden Beans to the No Pants Required podcast. Depending on your device, some start at low as $9, I'm sorry, 99 cents or $4.99. Um, this again, it can happen on my next live podcast. So remember, positive energy leads to positive vibe. If this is your first time joining No Pants Required, don't forget to subscribe. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.